0: It was the summer of 2010. I, I jumped in a van filled with six of my good college friends. We were heading into the wilderness, five days totally off the grid. We were going to a place called the Boundary Waters to go camping. The Boundary Waters, uh, that's that very remote wilderness area up on the very, northern edge of Minnesota, right along the, the Canada boundary. It's the Boundary Waters. It's just about as far from civilization that you can get. So we were in that van. We drove the whole day. We, we got finally that night, very late, to the lake where we were going to start our adventure. So the next morning, we, we woke up early, packed up our three canoes, and we paddled off into the, the place that's filled with, with more moose than people. We were, we were just getting out there. We paddled. We paddled some more. We kept going. We, we spent half the day looking for the perfect remote spot to set up camp. Finally, we did. We were way out there. No quick, easy trip back. And there's one thing that I've learned, some advice I'd like to pass along to you now that I've been to the Boundary Waters. When you go, make sure you pack plenty of food. Maybe anyone else would have thought of this, but leave it to seven college guys to not really have a backup plan. We we figured, well, we don't really need to pack that much food. We're going to be fishing every day, pretty much all day. We'll catch plenty of fish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Except we didn't. The mayfly season, which is apparently something that happens, uh, all the fish, they had plenty to eat. They weren't biting at all. So we had to ration out what little other food we had brought along because we couldn't catch any fish. We got a little desperate. We, we started scrounging for wild blueberries. We, uh, we even used the last of our trail mix to try and trap a little chipmunk. Oh we were getting desperate. Uh, don't worry, though. We, we did not eat the chipmunk. It was just too adorable. We had to let it go. We just starved instead. And in the end, obviously, we, we all made it out. We, we're still alive. Um, we, mod- we made it back home. But we learned a valuable lesson. When you go out into the, the remote wilderness, just pack more food than you think you need. In our gospel account for Matthew today, we, we see Jesus in the beginning of it heading out into a wilderness area as well. He's, he's heading out to the, the northeastern edge of the Sea of Galilee there. And you can see there's, there's really not much going on there. This is a remote area. There's really no large towns. It's a wilderness. But that's exactly where Jesus really needed to go. You see, um, we had that little part how he had, when he had heard about this, what that's referring to is he just heard that his relative, John the Baptist, the great forerunner for Jesus, had been beheaded by King Herod. And Jesus, not long before this, he was in his hometown, Nazareth. He was preaching there and the people in his own hometown totally rejected him, cast him out. Pretty rough couple of days for Jesus. He needed some time to be alone, to go to his father in prayer like he often did. He needed some some time to spend with just his disciples who were coming back from a mission trip to hear what they had been doing. Tries to go off to a remote area. But the crowds, they had a different idea. They they saw that Jesus was going out in this boat and so they followed along on the shore with Jesus to try and meet him. These, These people they had started to hear about Jesus. Some of them had heard about his, his teaching, his teaching with authority, and even some of the miracles of healing the sick he had been doing. And so when they followed Jesus and Jesus got off that boat, he saw the crowds there. And even though he, he needed some time to be alone, to be in prayer, he dropped it all and did what he always does. He had compassion on them. The gospel writer, Mark, he adds in this section that Jesus saw these people that they were wandering, lost, like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus, his heart went out to them. He took them in. He, he gave them compassion. He healed their sick. These people, they they probably didn't actually know who Jesus was, but they did know this. I want to be near him. So they walked out into the wilderness to find him. They they brought their sick along with them. And we see the heart of God in Jesus. He's never going to send us away. Even if it's inconvenient for God, he's going to show you compassion. You can count on that. And so Jesus, he showed compassion to those crowds. He healed their sick pretty much the whole day. But now, now someone had to take everyone in that wilderness and snap them back to reality. The hour for the evening meal had already come and gone. It will be dark soon. They're out in this remote area really the word remote here refers to a place that is deserted desolate there's there's nothing out there they are far from civilization so as the the sun continues to go down these people ran into the same problem that seven guys going out into the boundary waters did they didn't bring the food with them that they needed as that sun sinks lower and lower, you can almost picture Jesus' disciples all huddled together as Jesus is healing the crowds. They're saying, ah, Jesus always overextends himself. You know what? He's done enough for these people. Now we have to do our part. These people, they they need to get some food and Jesus, he needs to rest. Someone's got to say it, right? Point out the obvious. So the very practical disciples go and and tap the teacher on the shoulder. Hey, Jesus, um, these people can't just stay here. There's no food. I mean, look around. This place is deserted. We're in the middle of nowhere. It's getting dark. They said, send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves Some food. Sounds like a a good plan, right? I mean, these these little villages out here in this wilderness might not even be big enough to feed 5,000 plus people. If the crowds didn't hurry, those little villages might already be closed down for the night, can't get any more food at all. Kind of a problem. But what does Jesus say? They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. What? Are you kidding? The disciples must have looked at Jesus like he was crazy. Where are we going to find food for 5,000 people out here in this wilderness? It's hard enough to find food for for seven guys in the boundary waters. How are you going to scrounge up food for over 5,000 out in the middle of nowhere? No Publix out in the wilderness. No hot and ready Little Caesars pizzas. The disciples wouldn't have had enough money to pay for all that food anyway. What are they going to do? But okay, the disciples, they, they scrounge up a little bit of food here. They, they say... We we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus, this isn't enough. This is all we have. It's so little in comparison with how much we need. This might as well be nothing. The disciples did their math. I mean, they had a pretty good idea how many people were there and how little food they had. The numbers aren't even close. There's no way this is going to be able to add up. So why would Jesus even tell them this? You give them something to eat. You ever thought of that? Why would Jesus tell that to them? You feed them. You do it. Jesus wanted his disciples to see the wilderness. He wanted them to realize the desolate place they were in, to feel the weight of scrounging for food in the wilderness. He wanted them to see they were helpless. He told them, you feed them, so they'd realize we can't. Whether You are in the Boundary Waters or right here in Chattanooga. There will be times when you realize exactly what kind of place you are in. At times, God wants you to see the wilderness. He wants you to see the desolate place you find yourself in. Sin has made this place a desolate wilderness. This world is is a desolation of, of pain and hunger and disappointment and death. Don't believe me? Just look around you. Disasters everywhere you look, all around the world. Hatred spilling over from politics into the lives of ordinary people. Another another shooting of people in, in Pittsburgh. Hunger, starvation, emptiness, death. Sin has made this place a wilderness. And at times it seems like God is saying to us, you deal with it. You try to scrounge up scraps of contentment for yourself in this desolation. You Try to take care of your your spouse or parent as they waste away from age or sickness. You try to provide the home, the food, the security for your family. You try to raise children in a time when when depression and suicide rates among teenagers are higher than they've ever been. And then we look at God's word and, and we see his law there that also cries out to us, you, Get rid of sin out of your life. You kick out all those temptations. You work better at giving your best to God and hope that you can satisfy his justice. You do it. Lord, I can't. I see the wilderness. I feel the weight. I can't do it. So why would God give us his law that says, do not sin when he knows we can't measure up? Why would he give us moments of helplessness when the results of sin in this world hit so close to home? Why? God wants you to look to him. He wants you to realize how much you need him. He wants you to to see the wilderness all around you. To know what it's like to scrounge for scraps in this wilderness. Because he wants you to look at Jesus. The supplier of all human need. He wants you to look to Jesus to fill your emptiness. To satisfy you. Sin has has made this place a desolate wilderness, but Jesus entered our wilderness. He entered our wilderness to satisfy us with compassion, to bear our burdens for us, to suffer the results of sin in this desolation for us in our place. Jesus entered the desolate wilderness of the cross and there he gave you the bread of life. He gave his own body as a sacrifice, that sacrifice so that God would satisfy you with forgiveness and a not guilty verdict. God's law that cries out to you that that you are sinful finds its answer in Jesus, who satisfies you with the salvation and the forgiveness that you need. And even though we we still live in this desolate wilderness, we have gone from scrounging for scraps to feasting with Jesus. Jesus, he knew what meager scrapings his disciples were going to bring to him. But still, he said, bring them here to me. Out of your lack, I will provide a feast from emptiness to total satisfaction. Jesus wanted his disciples to see their impossible situation. But even more, he wanted them to see that they will always turn to him with their problems, with their lack, because Jesus would satisfy. Satisfy in a world that this wilderness we live in never can. You see, Jesus turned a small scrap of food that seemed like it couldn't feed seven people into a feast for over 5,000. Jesus didn't just feed the 5,000 though satisfied them. Don't, don't you wish you could have been there? I, I really wonder what it, what it would have been like. Right? Jesus motions the crowds to sit and get ready to eat. He takes these scrapings of food, lifts them to heaven, thanks God, gives it to his disciples to distribute to the crowd. And their baskets never went empty. As the disciples hand out food, they, they look down and there's just, always more food to hand out. The the people are are breaking this bread and sharing it with each other and they just keep breaking it until everyone's got enough. They weren't just fed. They were satisfied. They were topped off. They had so much food, there was leftovers. The, The disciples gathered 12 basketfuls of leftover pieces, more than they started with. These people, these crowds, were probably pretty poor people. They wouldn't have just left food laying around like that unless, unless they were completely satisfied. Jesus didn't just feed the 5,000. He satisfied them. Did you know that this, this is the only miracle Other than the resurrection that shows up in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all record this miracle. Must have been pretty significant, huh? Yeah, definitely is. Because it shows that Jesus satisfies us in our wilderness. He satisfies us with his compassion. He entered our world of desolation, our world of emptiness, and he filled it. He filled it with his love, with his forgiveness. All four gospel writers wanted you to know about this supernatural satisfaction. And clearly Jesus had the power to feed the stomachs of 5,000 people, But better than that, he has the compassion to fill sinful hearts with the forgiveness they need. He didn't just feed the 5,000, he satisfied them. And and really? 5,000? That's too small a number. The disciples didn't even count everyone there. They they just went through the crowd and counted all the beards. They just counted up the men. They came up with about 5,000. Besides women and children. There was probably at least an equal amount of women there. And how many families? How many children in each family? 10,000? That's probably not enough. Maybe more than 20,000. But you know what? 10,000, 20,000. Still, too small a number. Because this is the ongoing story of our God who descends into our wilderness to satisfy us. This is the story of our God who gives forgiveness not to just 5,000, but to the whole world. This is the story of our Jesus who, who takes our eyes off the desolate wilderness. To focus on him. Jesus never says to you, you do it. Jesus says to you, I did it. I have fed you with forgiveness, with salvation. You are satisfied. Amen.